welcome back to Southern Pride Storytime. I'm so excited to have you back here today. Today we're going to talk about the Chimera, since we did touch on the creature a little bit in the Bellerophon episode, I thought we should clarify a little bit more. The Chimera was a Greek monster from the Bronze Age. It had the head of a lion, it had another head and body of a goat, and then a venomous serpent as a tail, so the head of the serpent would be at the tip of the tail. These were kind of small cookies compared to the unquenchable fire it spewed like a dragon, though. So the venomous serpent is a little intimidating. The power and muscularness of the goat was intimidating. And of course, a lion is always intimidating. But really, the chimera fire is its greatest weapon because it's it's you can't put it out or in some versions you can but it's very very difficult i like to compare it to the magical fire at the end of harry potter that they used to destroy um ravenclaw's diadem where it was a, a fire that would not go out with water and it was powerful enough to destroy a horcrux very similar kind of supernatural otherworldly fire going on this is not your typical campfire that you can kick some dirt on it and go to bed this is this is a fire that almost has a life of its own. Terrible, terrible fire. This may harken back to the fear of fire that erupted during the Bronze Age. As its name implies, the Bronze Age was a time of massive growth in the field of smelting, metal, and forging. With the use of fire becoming more and more common, so did accidental ignitions, as the typical Greek home had wooden floors and support structures. Fear of fire was more than a primal instinct in this culture, it was a part of daily life. And if your home was made out of dry wood, and your home had been there for a while, so the wood was very, very dry and cured, as those who, you know, have fires in their homes would call it and it's really really flammable some woods even have natural oils that make them more flammable than others so then when you talk about fires for the purposes of smelting and melting metal we're talking about an incredible incredible heat and temperature beyond what would occur in a regular like fire that you would have under your mantle in your home or fire that you would have out on a camping trip we're talking a much more intense heat because metal most metal has to be quite hot before it will melt so you know we're talking actually if you think about it um our wood stove when i lived up north was a cast iron stove so our fire that we used to heat our whole house was not hot enough to melt the iron in which it was encased so when we're talking about smelting metals again this has got to be much more intense than your average fire and so the wood that these people's houses were constructed of wouldn't stand a chance it would seem like an unquenchable fire that just consumed everything in its path because they had to build this fire to such an incredible heat level in order for it to do its job. Chimera was one of the children of Typhon and Echidna, along with Cerberus, the Hydra, the Sphinx, and the Nemean Lion. These monsters would later give birth to other monsters, such as the Gorgons and Scylla. The Chimera was born in a dark cave trapped by the gods when Typhon tried to take the throne after the fall of the Titans. When the Chimera discovered her flame, she and her siblings could finally see their way out of the cave and into the world. In the wild, she developed a taste for roasting cattle, which evolved later into a taste for the humans who protected them. The creature may have been inspired by the gas vents that permanently smolder in Lycia, which is modern-day Turkey. This is why in the story of Bellerophon, the chimera was said to have lived in Lycia. There are actually these, these vents 
that come out of volcanic mountains that are full of flammable gas that these vents are just kind of permanently bursting and um, burning and a lot of people have theorized um, I think it was Pliny the Elder who stated in one of his works he references a Mount Chimera in Lycia and a lot of people think that one of these volcanic mountains that are full of these gaseous vents may have been the supposed Mount Chimera though they don't have um, kind of actual documentation as to where specifically Mount Chimera was. They're thinking that this mountain was the inspiration for the creature, with of course the volcano being where Typhon would have been trapped by the gods. So it's all it all ties back to real world applications of this Greek mythology, which is pretty fancy. These uh, gaseous vents do still burn there in Turkey, and they say that they've burned for over 2,500 years. So probably not going to keep going and, you know, stop going anytime soon. And you can understand why. During a time with great cultural fear of fire, why this would have been a place that seemed incredibly terrifying. And if you didn't have an explanation for it, a monster would make sense. Let's see. So yeah, it would have to be much hotter than normal fire or even modern day crematoriums for chimera fire was supposed to be able to instantly reduce bones to ash crematoriums these days which again burn much hotter than your average fire still take hours to complete the same task so this animal's fire is truly truly legendary and then it's the animals that its body are supposed to be comprised of are animals all kind of found in the area. Hence why um, King Iobates would not believe Bellerophon if he brought the head of a lion or a goat or a snake as proof that he killed the Chimera because those were all animals that you could have found in the region anyway. The Chimera has come to refer to creatures that are part one thing and part another. Even its, in its original Greek, sometimes it had a human head and wings. The manticore, for example, is its own mythological creature with a human head, the body of a lion, and the tail of a scorpion. She is often described as a type of chimera, as are the Chinese chilin, and even a few fire-breathing lion-shaped Egyptian gods. So chimera, while it originally referred to one specific monster that was the child of Typhon and Echidna, it's now come to mean a whole group of monsters that are comprised of bits and pieces of other monsters. So when you talk about a chimera, you do have to kind of clarify whether you're talking about chimera as a category or as that specific monster. Chimeras can even be human. Genetic chimerism is when a single organism is comprised of cells with more than one distinct genotype. For example, they may have more than one blood type. In plants, this can occur when a zygote mutates during cell division, whereas in animals, it occurs when genetic information from more than one zygote kind of merges together into one. This can be caused by a bone marrow transplant as well, where a person has one genetic code, but their blood type doesn't match because they've received bone marrow from another person. Thus, chimerism may be easily visible in plants. For example, you may have a rose blossom that has two different colors in the same blossom, but in animals it's often not detectable until a situation in which parentage must be proven and thus genetic testing is performed. I first became aware of this condition when I saw a special on a woman who was accused of kidnapping her own son because he didn't match any of her genetic information during a blood test. 
However, when they took DNA from her skin cells, she actually then was a genetic match to her son. In short, the different parts of her body had different DNA. This whole thing still really fascinates me. It's also fascinating that your baby is more likely to be a chimera when your baby was created via in vitro fertilization. Tetragametic chimerism occurs when two fertilized eggs, blastocysts, or zygotes merge together. Should these zygotes remain separate through these stages, they will become normal, non-identical twin fetuses. But when merged in these early phases of development, the zygotes, if they're not similar enough to form identical twins, they may form one chimera with both genetic codes instead. Thus, different organs in this individual may have totally different chromosomes. It's fascinating. It's, it, I guess part of what fascinates me about it is having worked in, as a phlebotomist in the blood industry, your body will reject blood that you receive from a donor of the wrong blood type along with different organs. But for some reason, when it happens at this stage as an embryo, it has to happen specifically in the earliest stages. For some reason, then you can have two different blood types in your body will tolerate. I don't understand, but it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. It's fascinating what our body can adapt to given the right circumstances. Most chimera go through their whole lives never even knowing that they have this genetic difference. If you have one hitchhiker's thumb and one straight thumb, if you have one eye color that's slightly different than the other, you might be a chimera. Also check out the skin on your back under a black light if you have one. Things can get interesting. There's an interesting striping pattern that occurs on the skin on the backs of people who may have chimerism as well. So there are a lot of different little things, but even then, odds are if you're a chimera, you'll never know it, which is even more creepy. You could have like multiple genetic codes and not even know about it. Fun fact, since marmosets share blood between fraternal twins in utero, 95% of marmoset fraternal twins are hematopoietic chimeras. Hemat meaning through blood. Cool, huh? <laughs> anyway, I just find chimeras very, very interesting, both legendary chimeras and actual scientific genetic chimeras that exist today. So, I don't know, I had to do an episode on them once I did a story that actually touched upon the creature. I hope you found it as interesting as I do. Um, this episode was, of course, as usual, brought to you by Princess Mary, Anchor, and Spotify. And if you would like to help support the show, you can, of course, click the support link in the show notes. You can also support us by liking us on Facebook, sharing the link, sharing it with your friends, subscribing, downloading, and continuing to listen. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to get onto another story with you next time. Have a great day. Thank you.